Welcome to Live, Laugh, Shut the Fuck Up, and Listen. I'm your host, co-host, Katie Elite. And I'm Marissa Sanzaki. We are your strategic partners for evaluating personal and professional development trends. And today we invite you to shut the fuck up and listen as we discuss the trend of doing the work with Byron Katie. Uh, is the work real self-inquiry or is it just self-absorbed, self-aggrandized word salad? <laughs> mm. Talk about a word salad in that description. Marissa, you coined this term word salad for our Adam Grant episode. And this word salad really grinds my gears probably more than Adam Grant's word salad. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean there. Yeah, I think word salad for me is kind of what's inspired a lot of why we want to talk about different thought leaders or different methodologies. Um, because sometimes it's like you, I'll read through something on Instagram or hear something. I'm like, yeah, it sounds pretty. And then I stop to think and like, but what? are they actually saying? And I don't have like a strong takeaway. So when you told me about Byron Katie, I kind of delved into watching a bunch of her videos on YouTube, both interview interviews from interviewers that I love, um, as well as some of her live demo examples of her doing the work. And even though I've watched several hours of this now, I came out with like, I don't have an example. I was like, oh, I'd love to have an example of a, a real life doing the work that she did with someone in the audience. Uh, I can't really remember them. I don't really know how she came. I don't think she even came to a conclusion with most most of these people. Um, and it left me just kind of the salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. I and so to me, I wrote down queen of word salad. Um, that's probably gonna upset a lot of her fans, and will probably upset them even more because <laughs> I know you have some opinions on this. Mm, my essence does have a lot of opinions on this. So I appreciated that you independently watched her and felt word salad because when I initially went to one of her live sessions, I was so confused. And because I like to make things about me, I immediately thought, well, maybe I'm just not deep enough to understand this. Maybe there's these spiritually advanced people, quote unquote, which is why we can't put experts ahead of us. People that have been doing their own work for 30 plus years that are far older and quote unquote wiser than me. All of them were just in awe of her work and had talked about the transformation that it had made for them and how everyone should be doing the work. So I bought the book and it was also about a word salad. The only part of the book that I really could even grasp was the back cover. And I read for a living. I read to get a degree as in history. So I appreciate that you were able to summarize, I guess, what my brain was trying to grasp, which is that these words don't make sense. And neither does her story. On the back cover, you want to read, I think you have the quote there on the back cover. How does she describe how she transformed her life? <laughs> yeah, so Byron Katie, from what I've read about on Wikipedia, which, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but um, she, I guess she had some kind of mental health issue that she went through, um, went to a place called Hope House for a while that doesn't exist anymore. 
Um, and the, the summary is, I discovered that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. But when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer. And that this is true for every human being. Freedom is as simple as that. I found that suffering is optional. I found a joy within me that has never disappeared, not for a single moment. Okay. So what she talks about in this book is she woke up one day, had an epiphany, and her life was better. So why does everyone else have to follow the work? <laughs> Because, and when she says that the, um, to stop believing the thoughts, then why is the work challenging the thoughts? You just would have a thought and say, ah, well, that's not real. And you would just keep moving. The fact that the work actually looks at you examining thoughts shows me that you have not stopped challenging them. Mm, <laughs> and that's you a good point. Go. <laughs> why does no one else see this? Yeah, so she's boiling it down to the the only way that we suffer in life is from our thoughts. So then it's keeping us in that thought pattern. Oh, my thoughts are negative. How do I make them positive? How do I flip it around? And that's also some of the like that next level work, I guess, that she does. But let let's go through the the four questions, right? Yes. Um, For those listening that are like, what the hell is the work? <laughs> The work which she coined, um, and she calls it self-inquiry, right? So it's it's really turning, I guess, inwards to question our own stories. Her questions are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know that it's true? I would say, can we absolutely know anything is true? I would say, does it matter if it's true? If you your story doesn't, <laughs> is it real? Well, here's the thing. It it doesn't matter for her. So so she said through the questions one and two, yes, the answer could be yes, it's true. It doesn't have to be no. So Right. But going back, but... <laughs> she had her epiphany. Her epiphany was that she if she doesn't believe her thoughts, then she doesn't suffer. Mm -hmm. So the number one question, is it true? It should be, does it matter if it's true? And the answer is no. <laughs> and so therefore... You can just go about your day, but I digress. All right. So we're in the work. We're challenging yeah. the thoughts that supposedly are the root of suffering. Let's challenge the suffering more. But the interesting part that I found in one video was in that first two-step process of questioning whether the story you're telling yourself is true. She said, I can meditate on this for an hour. So this young man was like, I'm never going to find um, someone to settle down with. Like, I'm not going to find my life partner. And she's like, do you know that it's true? Obviously, he can't know for sure whether that's true because it hasn't happened yet. He's still alive, right? Um, and she goes, well, I could just meditate on that for, you know, up to an hour. Really? Um, I call that rumination. Also, she already said that she, you know, you just don't believe your thoughts. You move on. Why are you meditating on thoughts for an hour if you've realized that the root of your suffering are your thoughts? Hmm. Well, let's see if steps three and four help. <laughs> All right. So step three, how do you react and what happens when you believe that thought? So for him, when he thinks I'm never going to find my person, he said, my walls go up. Okay. Four is who would you be without the thought? Well, probably not suffering according to her, right? So there's really only one question. <laughs> Which is, do you want to, does it matter if you believe this thought? And if he said, yes, it matters, I would ask him why. And he would say, 
because I'm anxious about whether or not, because I get depressed. Like you would describe it. I would say, well, what would you believe if you thought you were going to meet your partner two years from now? What would you do differently? I ask this question literally on a daily, not daily, weekly basis. This comes up for my clients because everybody Mm -hmm. wants to find their person or their next job. And they would say, well, I would stop worrying about it. I wouldn't ruminating, (laughs) meditating. And I would go live my life and then I would get married. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't believe the thought that you won't find someone, like all of that word salad is really like, no, that I just completely disagree with all of that. And I watch people with this very same question that don't require now, will they come back to me? And the next time that we meet and say, it's solved, I'm just moving on with my life. No, but they get 1% clearer. And then they get 1% clearer the next day. Like I digress, but back to her work and the ruminating and the word salad. (laughs) I I threw you off. I apologize. (laughs) Oh no. I was just thinking like, I'm still confused in that video example of if, if she really used her own steps the way she said she did, because then she turned it around like you know he was like oh i wrote down i don't need to find anybody and she's like no you do need to find somebody so how would you act if you do need to find somebody and he was like i would let my walls down she's like and then you let love in and you know he gets all emotional (laughs) and she's like and all these people who want to love you and i don't know i i was just like "Eh, was that the four steps and why are all these videos like an hour long to get through (laughs) because like I've also been trained in a similar process that's basically called like equilibrating your thoughts so when you all of a sudden are in a really negative mind frame like how do you switch that out or or at least like lessen that pain and I've watched people go through these steps similar steps of just like do I know this is true what do I need in this moment how how can I give that to myself to feel better And they're able to do that in like five minutes. Yeah. That same for me in the moment. Um, You know, when when you talk about like, no, you need to find someone. And he says, well, I let my walls down. You know, I would challenge the story that the walls are even up in the fucking first place. (laughs) How do you know that's true? Um, Mm. So she doesn't even do her own work very well, which is also what irritates me. (laughs) Instead, she just tells him like where he needs to go. Like where he needed to go was believing that he needed it. Cause he offered, well, I don't need it. Right. And when she made the comment in the 10 minute video I watched, cause I was not going to deep dive into the hours. She said, when I perform the work, I perform the work on myself as well. And the only time I think she's ever done the real work is which, let me take this back. <laughs> The only, her work, the only time she's ever done her, the work is when she's performed it on someone else because she woke up in that hope house, which is probably where everyone else should just go and had an epiphany that her thoughts were the cause of her suffering. And so she said, fuck it. I'm just going to make purpose and meaning out of my thoughts that are suffering. And then I will help other people suffer through their thoughts. That's literally what she did. What baffles me though and it shouldn't because I put, I've put people on pedestals that don't belong there either, is how people don't see through that and how anything positive would even come out of doing the work. You know, 
in the woman that I told, if you believed at 35, which was many years from the future, like you'll meet your person. Like month three of coaching her, she met a man who's probably her person. They've been going strong for a while now. Um, but what she, like, we could have talked about walls and we could have talked about how she showed up, but instead she was looking at, well, what the hell else would I do? She's like, I don't have any hobbies. I'm like, no shit. You have no purpose and meaning. That's why you're sitting there worried about the future. These people come to her worried about the future and she has them ruminate on the fucking future. Or they come into the past. I ran into someone and they said something nasty to me. And so then she has them ruminate on the past. The only place that's beautiful is the present. The real work is staying present. The real work is the well-regulated nervous system. And there's a lot of science behind that. There's no science behind anything. And I have my own opinions on science. But this woman was a housewife who woke up and changed her life not by following a four-step method, but by just choosing to change her life. Mm -hmm. Well, from what I read, she went through, she suffered from agoraphobia. She went to addiction. She had an addiction. She, was, she went to Hope House. <laughs> yeah, she was depressed and self-medicating alcohol and other drugs. Um, she's not a trained therapist. She's not um, trained in trauma work. She, you know, she's not a counselor. And that's where I think it's just important to also understand, like, what is someone's lived experience? What is their background? And if that's who you want to follow, that's fine. But yeah, it's the stop putting every thought leader on a pedestal. I think I don't like to overvalue a piece of paper for experience. But when I look at her experience, what I see is a 12-step program that she brought down to four steps that she sought to, sought to bring to others that were addicted to their thoughts. And in a 12-step program, what you do is you switch the addiction. You're no longer addicted to alcohol or drugs. You're addicted to sharing your fucking story every day to get your damn chips. And you're addicted to calling your person that you call so that you don't have to give up your chip. And you're addicted to protecting your chip. <laughs> and so what she's done is she's brought people who are addicted to their suffering, their thoughts. And this is why I think it's so dangerous and what makes me so pissed off, because I think that's really where I'm at, is a grief for the people that she impacts. And anyone else that suggests to a Katie Eads to buy their Byron Katie book, luckily for me, it was just a setback of $18. But you've got some interesting testimonials over there that you found in your research that point to exactly what I'm saying. I mean, this woman has- yeah four-step program for staying addicted to her, your thoughts and on her treadmill. Yeah. So I, you know, in these YouTube videos, I went into the comments and most of them were just like, love her. Like, this is so great. It helped me. And I was like, there has to be people who have had a negative experience. And one comment stood out to me on YouTube. This person said, I tried the work of Byron Katie for 19 years. I do not recommend. I'm so glad I allowed myself to stop listening to her and to find help with people who understand trauma and the nervous system and who teach a variety of tools for alleviating suffering. The methodology she suggests set me back and even exasperated my tendency to ruminate and to stress over getting it right. She's quite a saleswoman and quite convincing, an odd combination for someone who claims to know nothing. What stood out to me about that was originally trying to give this work the benefit of the doubt, I thought, well, it could be helpful if someone's ruminating in their thoughts and they need to get out of that thought spiral. 
but the fact that someone said they did this for 19 years and it made the rumination worse, it is that self-obsession, kind of like you're saying, people can get addicted to personal development and thinking that they constantly have to heal or fix something. The work always brings them back to challenging their thinking. And all you do over time is lose trust in your thinking. How do you know it's true? Can you really know it's true? Mm -hmm. Now I can't trust myself to know anything that's true versus saying it doesn't even matter if it's true. Look for patterns. Um, You know, one of the stories that she had there of someone that had made a comment and made him feel away. If you're really going to move forward, then you would say, look at my thoughts and look how, look how I'm angry and vibrating differently based on that person's face. That's interesting. And the next time it happens, you might say, huh, look at me feel this way again. That's a trend. The third time it happens, it's a pattern. And eventually, as you allow yourself to observe the patterns in real time, in the present, where the only gifts exist, this is what meditators tell you, the only gift is in the fucking present. When you recognize the trend and then the root will surface and you'll just know the cause. When you ruminate, this is, is you're developing neural pathways. Your brain does not know the difference between doing it and experiencing it. So every single time you, and so that he earned a 19 year chip in her addiction thing, right? 12 steps, four steps in Katie's program. In case you're still listening, there are three steps. <laughs> Allow, accept, embrace. And when you hit embrace, you're off and running. You don't hang out with Katie for 19 years unless you land a podcast co-hosting spot. And Marissa and I are still going at this because (laughs) Marissa and I aren't offering treadmills and we're not offering a cult. But if you're going to put anybody on a pedestal, you know, shut the fuck up and listen to you and how you feel and put yourself there. When we put other people on pedestals, what I now know to be true, because I interviewed someone who worked very closely with her on my podcast, and she had nothing but lovely things to say. And this woman has written multiple books on human design. And I said to her, "What's? I wonder what Byron Katie's human design is. And she said, oh, it's a I, good question. I don't know. She's known her for over a decade. Um maybe 20 years. Like they've, when I say they've like, they've, you know, broken bread together. This woman's written seven books on human design. You haven't asked her, you don't know hers. For me, that just tells me that you, because when we, when I look at human design, I see the best of people and I get to see the worst of them, myself included. So I find that interesting. And the way she uses her voice, you know, I also know how to do that to support my clients. I'm just doing it in service of them. And Marissa, you also have some tools, one around nervous system as well. You and I are both big proponents and to hear someone talk about, you know, trauma trained and experience, all of that, you know, you and I have experienced our own damn traumas and that's part of our ability to hold space. Um, But you do some real work as well with people. Yeah. And I think, you know, for some people who do get stuck in negative thoughts, it's good to notice those and question the story, but it doesn't have to be this hour long process. Um, you know, what, like, what is the question you would ask someone if they're having a reaction in a relationship and they're upset? What are you learning about yourself? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good one because 
the less we make it about the other person and we question, okay, what is the reaction I'm having now? Like, what am I feeling? Hmm. And like the curiosity of, I wonder why. There's a reason I use the word learning as well versus feeling is once someone shares what they're learning about, I might ask them, where do you notice your breath is when you're learning that? And then the question I might ask after that is what does this life bring you? And then I might ask them after that, what are you learning about the life that you want to bring for yourself? <laughs> and it always comes back to their learning because we take it so fucking seriously. <laughs> and from there, now that we've really made it about the experience, like the Holy Grail, I have a spoiler alert for everybody. I know where it lives. You know, the chalice, the Holy Grail, it's the adventure. It's the experience. So people, you know, as a coach, of course, people ruminate. They bring me their stories all the time. Fuck, I'm in corporate. I know I know a lot of stories. And that's also why I know that her story is, is bullshit. Because it's not 19 fucking years, you know? Shit. It takes 10 months to cook a baby. So you invest in 10 months of coaching with Katie and you will transform into the person that you've always been before someone told you to do some fucking work. <laughs> Yeah. And we haven't even delved into, and like, that's probably almost another episode, but the, the work that she does like beyond these four questions, which is eerily similar to the mirror exercise in twin flame universe, which we might need to just like dedicate a whole Ooh, yes. <laughs> episode to that documentary. <laughs> um, but also very similar techniques that I've been exposed to where you, you turn it back around. I'd call it shadow work. So if you're like, well, this person disrespected me, then it's thinking about, okay, well, in what ways do I disrespect myself? Uh, maybe I maybe I don't set boundaries and I've let this person into my life. But yeah, I don't know. It gets kind of weird. Some of these, you know, spiritual gurus, how much they make it just about yourself. Like this, oh, she actually broke down. What did she say? No one can hurt me. That's my job. I don't disagree with her. Unfortunately, I think she can hurt a lot of other people and it is her job to hurt other people when she's teaching them the work and she's performing the work. It's very performative. Uh, I just find it interesting that it moves people <laughs> because it just threw me into a confusion place. And I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. And the only reason, and this is why it's so important, you shut the fuck up and listen to your body. The only reason I was even remotely interested in trying to maybe, I even put it on the bookshelf I have of like, maybe when my brain's ready, it'll be able to absorb this. It's because of the people that talked about her and what she does. We got to stop putting people on, on pedestals. An idea is not a solution. She had a fucking idea in a damn rehab home. And I'm not putting down addicts. I'm just saying that for two weeks, she had a clear goddamn mind for the first time in a long time. And she had an idea that she turned into a solution. Compassion, which is what addicts need and what rumination needs, is not about a solution. It's giving all the love you've got to yourself. That is not self-absorbed. That is not self-aggrandizement. That is not trying to solve your way out of something. I don't think she understands how to put, give herself compassion. And so 
you know, this is where we're at. It's just hard for me when I watch people follow them. And you're, and then you could say, well, Katie, look at all the people she's helped. Look at all the comments. I'm like, yeah, but I meet those people. They're still doing the work. They're mm. still questioning themselves. They're still suffering and they're creating their own suffering. And they have a quote unquote tool. They have a solution when all they really need is fucking compassion. <laughs> and sometimes compassion is laughing at yourself. Oh my God, I'm still like, why am I still ticked off? Why am I ticked off by a 16 year old? You know, like self-compassion allows you to laugh. For some people, I think they do struggle to get to that point of laughing, but when you can, it's, it's, I don't know, like those core wounds or whatever negative thoughts you hold on to, um, there is a way to get to a point where it begins to feel lighter. And when you catch yourself having that negative thought of like, I'm being disrespected or this person's out to get me, then you're like, is it really though? No, I'm fine. Like, it's okay. And I don't have to go meditate for an hour on whether or not this person disrespects me. You know, I'm someone that had deep rumination, terrible anxiety, didn't sleep. Uh, the entire time I owned the gym, it was up at 4.30, like in bed at midnight for a big chunk of that beginning of it. After that, even I was still ruminating. I was still trying to solve problems in my head. I have a defined head. It's always thinking. And the honest answer to how I got out of it is, well, the only one that can cause it is the only one that can get you out of it. I got over my own bullshit. And I did connect to some really cool tools like belly breathing and understand giving things, but really I, the ego is something I don't fight anymore. So if my ego feels a particular way, I'm like, Ooh, what are we creating with that? Like my ego became a costume that I love. Like the, I wrote this down, um, as I was thinking about this podcast episode, um, of, I used to really want to, um, this inner child, you know, we talk about the inner child work. Uh, what I want to let go of is the little child's ego that was so fragile that got stepped on, right? The ego. I want to embrace that. I want to wear it like a costume. That's why I tell my clients that they won the lottery when they get me, um, because I do feel that way. And so do they when they're done. But this idea that like all of that was just me being self-empowered and getting over my self-aggrandizement, getting over my self-absorption. If someone's face makes me feel a particular way, like that just means I'm being a narcissist. <laughs> like I'm in my own shit, but there's, I don't, I don't have a formula for people. When I say three steps there, you know what you can't be with. And so you've got to allow yourself to be with it and you know what you can't accept and when you allow it to be there for long enough, i.e. the faces and just noticing the patterns, you start to get to a place of where you need to accept yourself. And acceptance is sort of like a, well, this is the limitation I have. So here's where I am. And then when you embrace it, you say, my limitation is the, you know, the obstacles, the way, like my limitation is my costume. And now it no longer becomes a limitation, the ego, it becomes art. What I love about your coaching style is that you incorporate kind of playfulness and, and humor into it. And so I would say, do you want to be doing, do you want to work or do you want to play? Mm. Ooh, I like that. 
And now I have that work, work, work in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I told you that would get stuck in your head. You did. <laughs> Literally, it's such a great metaphor for Byron Katie. If I had to give her a theme song, I would give it work, 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 work. Uh-huh. work. All you do is work, 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 work. And it doesn't really work, work. (laughs) (laughs) Marissa, you do actually really work. And if you haven't gotten to soak up Marissa's energy, you know, when you go to an expert, what you're really going to is someone whose energy is great at guiding you wherever it is that you need to go. And Marissa's energy and personality is this intuition and clarity the ability to create psychological safety for you again, if you've been harmed in the corporate field or elsewhere. And that is a gift that doesn't put Marissa on a pedestal because she has you on equal playing field. Marissa, where can people find you and work with you and your gifts? They can go to my website, marissasenzaki.com and learn a little bit more about my background. Reach out to me. Let me know how I can help you. If you are dealing with rumination, intrusive thoughts, um, let's work on that together. It doesn't have to be a four-step program. It's unique to each individual. And, you know, Katie, if you need to work with someone who can help you bring more joy and playfulness and experimentation into your career and personal life, then you can go to owlprofessionalcoaching.com to learn more about her. Thank you for that plug. Yes. You can me on Instagram at All Professional Coaching. You can follow Marissa Senzaki or you can follow her Elevate EQ on Instagram. LinkedIn is where you can always connect with us, DM us if you wait eight to 10 business days, because that's about how often I check the DMs. Um, and put something in there clever, like not selling you something, Katie, or <laughs> I don't know what's happening on that wasteland over there. And you can also follow the podcast if you want to hear more episodes. We are hosted at Podbean. If you hit that follow button, you'll get an update every single time. We also automatically post them to LinkedIn. So if you follow us on LinkedIn, you'll know. And we also post to YouTube and Outstanding Women Leaders where you can find us. None of what we do is work. It is playful and fun. And uh, psychological safety, something that the bullshit of Byron Katie takes away, in my opinion, from people, is really Marissa's jam. And what I hear from some of my clients is, you know, I feel like I can open up to you because I can relate. I've lost a, a parent, can guide people through the grief process. I have also had psychological trauma, but I haven't worked in corporate quite the way Marissa has. And Marissa has psychological trauma also working in HR, you know, the most human part of the resource business. Um, Marissa's really an expert at supporting people that have experienced corporate trauma bullshit. And I can't yes. recommend her enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a Silicon Valley survivor. Let's just say that. <laughs> you are, and you have a degree in psychology. So if people want to know the expertise, um, but really the it's the energy that you're absorbing from someone when you think of them as someone you want to learn from. And that's my big takeaway from uh, you helping me own my opinion that Byron Katie is bullshit is you're really just doing an energy exchange. And if you don't realize that, if you somehow think that your coach is here and even the coaching industry itself sort of has that, we talk a lot about boundaries and separation. I have a beautiful gift and so does Marissa of creating this place where, yes, yes, I'm the one you're giving the money to, 
but you are the expert. We, you, someone in psychological safety, someone's taken away your ability to trust yourself again. And we're here to restore that for you. And yes, we have resources and tools, but you're the expert on whether or not they work for you. Please do not pick up someone's bullshit, mine included, and think it's your holy grail. Absolutely. And I, I like that we both think of ourselves as partners and this coaching as a partnership. We're not self-proclaimed spiritual gurus, <laughs> but we're happy to discuss the ones that are online and evaluate that with you because you, we really encourage critical thinking and looking inwards to are is the work that you're learning useful to you or not. Mm, yeah. And does it even make sense? If, if this bullshit does make sense to you, drop me a comment. Tell me what I'm missing. Um, <laughs> truly, I'm still here to learn. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if you haven't checked her out, I would move on. 